Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your hosts. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer and our sound guru, Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing well. We also have with us costume designer, Kristen Jones. Oh, hello. We also have with us cinematographer and another sound guru, Mike Griggs. <laughs> What's going on? Hey. What's up, Griggsy? Nice to have you back after your absentee uh, vertigo. Oh, no. It's, uh, you know, I got a little too much vertigo and uh, couldn't handle it, so... Uh... It seems to be going around. It does. Uh-huh. It does. <laughs> little slips and falls. You look up, you look down, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, man. Damn. There's um, no looking down. You just go. You yeah. just go. You just go. That's what happens. Um, Brian, very interesting for you, like, calling out everybody's, like, I, I felt like I was, like, walking into the ring, you know? I, fe- I felt like I needed, like, a <laughs> In this a corner! <laughs> DP versus DP! No. <laughs> if you're going to switch the intro up, I feel like, you know, you're giving me something to live up to. No like doubt, it. man. I like you know, it. And, and Mike, you can't say DP versus DP because that means something else. <laughs> so. That was the double entendre I was going for, Okay, Jared. I'm just saying. It's a family show. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. You know what the word family <laughs> absolutely means? absolutely not. What, what I mean is, is we all feel like we're part of a family. <laughs> it's a beautiful know save. Who opens up? That just... <laughs> you can cut that. It's just my favorite line. Oh, no, no. You, we leave all the awkward shit in. Every bit of it. Oh, it's Dwight's goodness. question. How do you know who's paying himself and stuff? <laughs> just, uh, okay. Uh, awkward, just like North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock. So much sexual tension. Holy mm. wow. A lot of, lot of sexual tension. A lot of I sexual. think that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, I guess, but when you, when you actually have the shot of the train going into the tunnel, uh, man, I was gonna say, is is this uh, like I'm genuinely wondering, was this one of the first instances of using that uh, entendre? It's not even a double entendre; it's full on like they're kissing, and then there goes the train. Yeah, and I love it's the, the last tunnel. shot. 
it's, it's that's like what the, I'm talking it's, about, it's, man. It's, 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 so it's, it's the button, you know. It's just like I love how we He's start like, with that last. Just in shot. case you didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time I ever remember, you know, anything like that. Um, but I, I know also, like you know, like in Austin Powers, they did like a, a rocket taking off, and you know, they did a bunch yeah, they of did, like, those fifteen different things. Yeah, Austin Powers had all that great, like you know, where they're masking with objects in the frame, blocking mm. all the all the nudity. Oh, that's where, that's where they took it to the next level. Like, really, really cool. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I was more talking about like when they like when they were having sex and they would show like every you know single innuendo you could possibly read into an image. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those blocky. Oh man, that is great. Oh, those are great. Austin Powers. When are we doing those movies? You know, I've been waiting. Um, I, I didn't think you liked Mike Myers for some reason, and so I wasn't going to bring it up. But um, I think, and normally we don't do comedies. Well, it, they're hard Why to talk not? about. No, they're great. I love comedies. Well, it, it just ends up being more like, okay, so there's this one bit where they, uh, where they fucking, you know, and it was just, oh my God, it is so fucking funny. Uh, yeah. You remember, you the lighting was kind of when, flat, but, when... you know. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Well, I think that's interesting because, look, if you have a great script, then who cares what the lighting is, right? I mean, obviously, you should you care about the lighting. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. You're making that uh, argument to the wrong person, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an uphill battle right there if I've ever heard of <laughs> I mean, you have a script, whatever. Like, if the lighting's good, then, you know, that's worth that's worth doing something with. I think I think that the lighting in this film was probably one of the more consistent that we'd seen from oh, that's Hitchcock fair. by this point. Um, <clears throat> how were they doing? Were, were they doing rear projection, Brian, on A all lot. that stuff? Yeah, it's all rear projection. Okay, so that is that's not the weird yellow screen vapor yeah. screen. I thought all that stuff looked really clean. The camera stuff was very you know it's very standard, but everything worked really well uh, ex- except for this movie has some insane really high angle shots that some of them look yeah. like they're like composited yeah. together to, to create and then some of them like that shot where they go way out into the you know wasteland or wherever how the hell do they get the camera up so high with the with the bus yeah where the guy he gets dropped off and, and he's at that weird bus stop in the middle of nowhere that it's shot was so epic shot. i rewound it and watched it again i was like that was like 45 seconds of just a bus and it was in, just entranced the whole time it was yeah, amazing. I got lots of waiting for Godot vibes for in that whole scene, and it was just amazing. It's one of my favorite absurdist plays. With one of my favorite plays, but it's very absurdist, and I thought that whole scene was very reminiscent of it. It was perfect. No, I can see that. Yeah, with the, with the two guys like standing on uh, opposite sides yeah. of the road, and yeah. it's like yeah, and their weird dialogue talk. too. And he's like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Are you a uh, George? Uh, what was the guy's name? George Kaplan or what Kaplan. was it? Kaplan. There we go. <laughs> He's like, well, can't say I am because I ain't. Yes, that <laughs> like, was it. Oh, okay. Got it. So funny. <laughs> How'd they get that shot, Brian? It seemed very. It was very. I, still. I think they put really it on like a silo still. or something because all all the uh, the looking around shots were very specific. There was not a single like pan. Right. So I think there was a, a there was tall something there. ass something structure that was there that they put it on. It was really tall. So that maybe, maybe there was that, and then they put a crane at the top. <laughs> yeah, and they shot around it. That's what I think. Well, yeah. yeah, they had the camera up on a crane, but they, it kept wobbling because it wasn't yeah. actually a film crane. It was an actual crane, like the for the repair lines. It was like old buckets. Oh wow! So then they took cables from that bucket and anchored them down on the ground, and then raised the bucket up just a little bit more to keep it taut. 
and that's how they got that shot. It's so static. It's so perfect. I was like, it man, is, this is. is this. This seems like they built a structure. Yeah, I, well, you can yeah. kind of see the mats in the background because I think they had to paint out like a city. Uh, oh, really? In the horizon. Yeah, you can see it in some well, shots. Map- Dude, the mat work in this film is just phenomenal. Yeah, right? man, especially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're shooting all this stuff on the soundstage. Even though there are times like at the end of the movie where you know he's in the back of the car and they drive in and you can see the the trees wiggling as the car goes by, because they're on a set, they lean up against the trees and they wiggle, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but but there's things like you know <laughs> all where, my um, trees wiggle like that. I mean that's pretty normal to me. <laughs> the guys they're 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 it's at night and they're in the forest and they pull up in a car and then like off in the distance you know it's it's when they're trying to like run the car off the road down the winding road. Oh yeah, but there's yeah, yeah. this great match shot where they, they went and shot this plate of like the water and everything and then they have all the stuff on the sound stage that they're blending in it sells especially for the time you know oh it totally I, I sells. It. yeah well not just those like when when he goes to the house at the at the end um at, at mount rushmore that that <laughs> shot where where there's the the house on the on the over the cliff and then he's got the 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 road leading up to it like the road is the shot and the rest of it is a matte painting and it's right. just like you can't fucking tell no it looks you know, great the design of the fucking evil bad guy hideout is so like fucking a, cool. Like a Frank oh my Lloyd god, Wright I love it so mansion. much. Oh, yeah. dude, it is so cool. Like when he starts like climbing, Cary Grant's like climbing on the outside of it. It's just like, what the fuck is this well, thing? <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot of stuff in this movie that reminds me of Grand Theft Auto. And 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 when I saw uh, that house, I wanted to like blow up. Uh, or, or video games in general, like 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 when when the uh, when, when the helicopter when the sorry when the uh, airplane's coming down and like shooting at him and he's trying to like run him over with the airplane. All I could think about was Warzone, <laughs> like you know <laughs> flying around and slamming into people with helicopters. And then um, <laughs> and then when I saw that house, there's a scene in uh, in Grand Theft Auto where you pull somebody's house down like that. It's built on the side of a hill, and I was like, man, it's so weird how those houses are built where they're just like supported by a couple just beams, and it looks like it's like this floating. It's just like. It just screams money and evil lair and you know op- <laughs> opulence and, and and ridiculousness. If if you if you if you're living in there, you're up to no good. Like like some shit's going on. Just by definition. Know? Yeah, like, I mean like I don't care what you do. This yeah, guy's a fucking yeah. slime ball. If you buy this place, you're a fucking slime ball. <laughs> <laughs> Who's into really cool art? Yeah, the, the whole movie looks very expensive. Like every place Cary Grant's going to, like. Like they have the, their typical scene where Cary Grant like takes one of the uh, the ushers on a train. He takes his outfit or, or one of the ticket yeah. takers and yeah, the yeah. red the red cap they call him. Oh, there, there you red go. Caps. Right. Yeah. So in that scene, normally in like in a James Bond film or any other film, our hero would have gone and beaten the crap out of that dude. Cary Grant yeah. just gives him a wad of cash. No, <laughs> oh, man, he's got dude, fucking he style, has dude. So much fucking cash. This oh, whole yeah. movie, he's just. Bills to right? them, bills to this guy. Here's a tip for you. <laughs> oh, you walked me four feet to point me in the right direction. Here's a here's some fucking money. But but that's cool though because you know if you think about James Bond, uh, he's always like living you know in opulence. Everything's perfect and he's got everything. So of course he's got money. So it's really cool to see uh, this dude like you know fucking spending money, bro. <laughs> I like how he paid off his mom too. He that's was, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, sure. exactly. He's like, I'll give you fifty dollars, and she's like, Oh, stop! And then she's like, Yeah, fucking fifty. Okay. <laughs> Shit, you you, you, you could you could get out of a fucking police thing for two dollars. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What is fifty dollars worth? Yeah, man, fifty goodness. bucks is crazy. Well, I don't think she was being literal with her two bucks. I think that was like you know he has so much money, he's loaded. It's like two dollars to him. Oh, you, hey, okay. So he was dollars. Okay, I that see. makes more sense because I was like, yeah. holy shit, they went shit. all this way. Tickets are cheap, bro. Dollars. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, well, I think they made they made this movie for what four million dollars, which is about 
um, I thought it was 3.3 million. Uh, I think it was originally, but they, they had some issue. They were originally supposed to shoot the movie like a couple of months before they even like got into production. And Cary Grant had one of those contracts that his start date's his start date. And they oh, had actually so they were paying him before they could get into production. Yeah. Oh. Wow. They had already used up all their actual shooting dates, and he was getting paid his salary plus, I think, $5,000 per day. Holy. Actually. What? Yeah. I, even uh, Maria, um, Eva Maria Saint, she got she got paid like two 2000 a day for all her overages. Although she had won an Academy Award before this because she was, uh, what is it, Best Supporting Actress for supporting All in the Waterfront? Actress. Yeah. On her fucking first role, man. Yeah. Dude, she killed it in this movie. She was fantastic. Yeah, I like the way she looks. Uh, I don't know. I like her her seduction uh, routine that she's got going on, and I like her when she's upset. I don't know if I like her when she's, like, in danger. Like, at the end of the movie, she looks like she's kind of calm. Yeah. And maybe yeah, that's just right. supposed to be because Cary Grant's there and... You know, she like she's gonna be okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, you, you guys know what I mean? Does she seem like she's a little lackadaisical at the climax? No. I, well, you guys can answer that because first, and then I'll go off on my my notes about her. It seems like she's in a daze at that point. Like maybe she's overwhelmed. I'm, I'm trying to think about I bet that that sh- those shots, uh, those shots more. I was like looking in the backgrounds, like watching, looking at the map painting of the. Of Lincoln's face and shit, you know, for some yeah. reason. I was more. Wait, are you talking that. about like before, before the all cliff? the shit goes down and they're they're trying to run away? Like all that stuff? Or no, at the I'm, cliff moment? I'm okay with all the romance, like out in the forest and all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's when the climax actually happens and she like decides she's going to leave and she just, she takes the, uh, the antique that's got the microfilm in it yeah. and she runs off. Yeah. And, she, yeah. and it's just kind of, I don't know, like once she gets in the car, it just seems like she's moving in slow motion and i got a lot of betty draper vibes from her oh my god I, it took me halfway through the movie and i was like holy shit it's the original betty draper yeah that's exactly and then it all clicked for me it did it did and, <laughs> and i and here's Who's I'll betty draper um from january Mad jones oh, from Mad Men. oh yeah all right, i was okay, like okay. oh this is this is who january jones is supposed to be got it yeah carrie well, grant is who don draper is they based don draper off of carrie grant in this movie oh my god how did i not that's see crazy that? So I, I, would I never put sense that, that Betty Draper. Um, but but here's why I'm, I I got that is because um, so Betty Draper, I feel like is this very tragic character because she was like this beautiful blonde model. She had her own life. She was she was kind of like Grace Kelly in Rear Window, and yeah. then she meets Don Draper and she marries him and he moves her to the suburbs and she is sort of stuck raising her kids and there's nothing obviously wrong with being a mother that's you know wonderful but like when you're used to having this kind of exciting lifestyle and then you go to doing you know wiping your kids noses like it's a huge shock to someone who's intelligent and who's used to doing like a whole whirlwind of stuff and this is like documented I'm not shitting on mothers please don't think that I'm doing that <laughs> no it is it's a massive change okay. yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. huge okay so here's the point though here's the point so Betty Draper is is gets so upset with Don for being a dick. And so she just like runs off to the politician, right? And and she like blindly is just like, you know what, you have to give me a better life. And and the scene of her sitting on the airplane with her new husband and you can just see her dazed look in her eyes. That's the dazed look that mm. um uh 
I don't remember her name, but she had in this movie when Cary Grant kind of takes over and she just kind of like, yeah, she just kind of zones out and she's not really there anymore because she traded. She was in that awful relationship with Van Damme. um, And I know she was a spy and I get that, but like she was still kind of in a relationship with him. She fell in love with him. And then she like really quickly traded him for Cary Grant because she was like, this is my ticket out of here. And then very quickly she was like, oh, this isn't what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And and you kind of see her like zone out (laughs) and Cary Grant takes over. Well, her her character was so interesting to start because it's it, like you don't you don't know who she is or what it is, and it's just like who's this woman that's just like cool with flirting with the dude and being like, "What's up?" No, she from clearly, the freaking get go. I was so disappointed because I thought that she was going to be some evil femme fatale, whatever. Because yes. no woman walks yes. up to a man who's on TV for murder and is like, exactly. "Hey, I want to sleep." With you. <laughs> like that's yeah. just not. Yes. It made no, me think she it, was. I a was spy like, "Yeah, well. what? What is her angle?" That's all I could yeah. think that whole scene. But that's what you're supposed and to then, think at that yeah, point in the movie, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. right. And which is it, you know it's good and it plays it plays really well um and then and then she hands the note off and you see van damme like what am i supposed to do with them tomorrow or whatever like damn that i mean that was just a fucking brilliant yeah way to play that whole thing but um when when they were like oh she's our woman inside and and like for that you know 10 minutes or whatever it is before they give you more information on her character thinking that she's an actual proper spy because earlier they had that whole exposition scene just to set up the fact that this Kaplan guy doesn't exist right and then they're like there's actually someone inside and you know we're we're trying to protect them when they reveal that it's her it was like oh maybe she's actually this super badass that's like the actual spy that you think that he's been mistaken for and so for a good 10 minutes of the film i was like okay she's like really really cool and then they reveal that she's actually not a spy she was just a mark like he was a mark and they're just using her to siphon information it's just like well you just completely (laughs) neutered her entire fucking character what the hell no man this government this unknown like unnamed government organization is just really good at like or just really lucky at like having skilled people fall in their lap like, I mean, Cary Grant's, like, ad character. I mean, clearly. By the end clearly. of the movie, he's on the face of Mount Rushmore, like, defending himself from a knife attack. Right. <laughs> you know. From, from two guys who are a professional hitman, probably. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, At the very least, muscle. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool to see a young Martin Landau, though. Like, I was looking at him. I was like, I know dude. this dude. I heard his voice and I was like, holy shit, it's Captain Nemo. (laughs) Oh, James Madsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Madsen. Whatever. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thank you for correcting that. Oh, man, dude. 2001. Wait, who was Martin Lando? Martin Lando was was one of the henchmen. He was the the thinner, taller one, dark-headed. What has he done then? Oh, he's done a bunch of stuff, man. He's been in a lot of sci-fi. He was in, uh, you guys ever see the X-Files movie? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He was in oh, X Files like forever. Like, ago. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that's the only thing I can think barely, of. Barely, because I never the watched the show, so I didn't actually connect literally anything from the show. But yeah, his character is the one that might be a little homosexual, may have like a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of love for Van Damme that goes beyond. Uh... Oh no, there that that vibe was definitely happening for sure. He was like, "Listen, get rid of this bitch because oh, Martin Lando." Okay, yeah, have you seen see Ed it. Wood? Yeah. Oh, he, 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 looking at he, him he plays as old, Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. Yeah. If you you need to watch Ed Wood just so you can see Martin Landau's performance as uh, Bella Lugosi, it, it's worth watching that movie just for that. Did he won an Oscar for that. 
I know he was. I don't know if he did, but he should have because he was really good. No, he was nominated. Yeah, he he was good in that. I for, I completely forgot about that, man. Fuck. Yeah, that's a, that's a great performance. Mm. Not that I this is. I know isn't. him from I know him from Sleepy Hollow and then uh, City of Ember. That's that's where I'm familiar. With. He's also in the Majestic. He plays a good role in that. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, su- super cool little character actor, uh, old man. When you see his face, you'll be like, holy shit, it's that dude. Yeah, no, it definitely looks super familiar. And I was like, this guy, who is, what? Okay. But I was also very excited for Captain Nemo. Because <laughs> my childhood was rushing back to me, like just hearing his voice. I'm like, holy shit, who is this guy? I paused it for like 15 minutes just to figure it out. It's Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's right. And Lolita. You know, I, I I do like James Madison's uh, villain in this. I he's so James Mason, Mason, not Madison. I don't ah, fuck, Lee. bro. But yeah, I I, James, I like how James cool he's. Mason, James, James Mason, James Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Name corrections know, left and right. James Madison is a president. And, uh, <laughs> you know, look, he was so good. I was just confused. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, what's the deal? With, what's the deal with Mount Rushmore in this movie? Like, why? Why are, why are we? Why are we featuring that? It seems very strangely featured. Like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, is there some? When was Mount Rushmore created? Was like, was this? Was it like a big deal? Was that was happening? I, I didn't look up the. Oh, I don't know when Mount Rushmore was created. Let's see. They have a bunch of really like uh, weird publicity photos that have not aged well, with uh, Cary Grant mm. and uh, Eva Marie Saint wearing a Native American headdress. Oh, duh. okay. So God, don't Mount, do that. Don't Mount Rushmore that. was uh, 1941. So 41. Yeah. Okay. So this movie came out in 1959. Yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. Kind of, it's somewhat new. You know. Yeah. So you know, it was kind of a cool thing. I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. But I did read that. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck up. Well, for the, for the um, time. <laughs> but I did read that they were allowed to film there as long as there were no violent scenes. Which obviously this is a violent scene. And so when they found <laughs> out, they were like, "No, you can't actually film here anymore because this is a shrine to democracy." And so they oh, had wow. to, like they had to. So Keep part of it was that. partially filmed there, but they had to. It had to be in certain parts of the monument because they didn't want to have I don't I don't know have people think ill of it. Is, so is is that why when when uh, Cary Grant is having the conversation with the professor guy, and the professor walks into the um, the place with the food court or whatever, <laughs> and then they have a sh- they have a shot of Cary Grant, and then Cary Grant walks in. It's literally it's it's the exact same shot. But the lighting has completely changed, like, time of day. It's like, it goes from, like, the light's coming from back here, yeah. and then Cary Grant walks in, and the light's coming from the, over here, and, like, it's completely changed, but it's the exact same shot. And there's one 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 cut in between of Cary Grant's face, and it's just like, you, were you guys not there at the same time? Like, you couldn't, did you decide later that you needed to see Cary Grant walk in? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know, because that, that was all a set. Um, yeah, that it was, little food court. It was court very area. strange. <laughs> Very strange, but I, I mean the the Mount Rushmore stuff, like out, like all of it in the background, like all in every shot, it look they look fucking tremendous, man. Like all that's yeah, just model totally. or just like painted yeah. background. No, I I think it's a model, man. And I was kind of looking at it. it looks it looks like it's a little model. Like the only it's both. The, yeah, the only time the perspective didn't look exactly right was when the you know the scene where he where he's driving in and the trees wiggle and all that like where it's just off in the distance. <laughs> Man, dude, I love that set, dude. That is that's I know. Okay, it, 
Yes, the trees. If, they're thin. If, they do if, wiggle. Yeah, bringing up Ed Wood. It feels like an Ed Wood set. But... It does not feel that bad, man. Because <laughs> there's woods. <laughs> the Mount Rushmore in the background that you can see through the trees. That is badass, dude. It is badass. It is badass. And I, I, I like the like the little stand-ups that they do uh, for conversations in this movie. Like, there's one at the airport where all the, the airplanes are around. It feels like Casablanca. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're walking know. on that little, like treadmill or whatever but the camera perspective is moving behind them and they're doing oh, all that it totally stuff. works man. the same thing in the woods there just uh, just at the at the foot of uh, mount rushmore you know you've got all these like just beautifully set up shots for them you know to have their moments um <laughs> I, I i loved all that no it's just cool it's you know it, it, it that that's the that's the pleasure of having a sound stage is that you can you know you can make all these little things hit just right you know brian you said it last week when you were talking about uh vertigo that this this is the fun Hitchcock movie. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you were like, if you're going to, if you're looking for a fun Hitchcock movie, this is it. I definitely felt that for sure. Overall, like this, this was it, like, there was, there was good suspense, but there was the whole time. It was just so intriguing. And, and just like, I just want to know what's going to happen next. And like, I actually care about all these people. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, well, it, it does a good job of when it's not, there's not action happening on screen. Like, the comedy works really well. Like all yeah, the sure. actors have really good timing, and like it's just, I just love the fact that this guy is like the template. Fucking Cary Grant's the template of fucking James Bond, and the whole first like fucking thirty minutes of the movie, he's going around like, I got, uh, let me see, I got, I got, I got taken in by the police. Oh mother, can you come bail me out, please? Yeah, but it made you think. <laughs> it made me think that he was calling, you know, M, or you know, he was calling his. <laughs> his mother like he's speaking in code you know what that made yeah, you think it, he was it, speaking in code what well i mean at the time you don't really know you don't really know <laughs> if he is a spy like or is not. he is he speaking oh. in code? is he yeah. is he archer is he actually calling yeah. mother yeah you thought he may have been a spy from the beginning yeah well i didn't know i'd never oh, okay like i just i just knew that that it was kind of a james bondy ish movie and so the whole time I'm thinking, okay, he is undercover, you know, until, you know, obviously. It did seem not. a little arbitrary when the fir- when the guys first kidnapped him. Like, like he puts his hand up to, like, call the waiter or whatever or something like that. Yeah. And the guys were like, oh, that's him. Well, no, because they had just called out for George Kaplan right yeah. when, he, when he put his hand up. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I totally missed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Excellent. You know, the whole time I was like, wait, what? I mean, I have, I feel kind of, I don't, all right, I have some thoughts about this because I love the comedy. I love all the little witty banter back and forth, but there's a lot of setup and dialogue that is so unnecessary. And I was like, we can cut like all of this and it make it much shorter. I mean, at least, at least oh, a little dude. shorter. Cause I was like, half the time I was like, dude, are, is this conversation necessary? Cause like, I'm not following it. Are they still talking about how there's an inside agent? Yes, they still are talking about how. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that scene was like four minutes <laughs> and it could have been like 45 seconds. I think that they really sure. wanted to get their clever dialogue out there. That's what the whole point of this was. Yeah. Wait, wait. So you don't care about him at all? Wait, let me tell you three more ways how I just don't give a shit. <laughs> and then towards the end, they there were so many twists and turns. I was just like, really, another one? Like, can we like what's another happening one. here? I'm like, I don't know. I was just, I was just. There was a lot going on, and I was just like, is this all necessary? Because I feel like you could tighten it up and have a better. Anyway, it sounds like I'm, I still liked. I liked the movie a lot. Oh but... no, 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 no! That, you're not. That's not bad. Man. That that that's that's how it goes. And I agree. 
I mean, hell, this, wait, this, uh, let's see, this one's two hours and 16 minutes. This is probably yeah. the longest Hitchcock film that we've watched it, so far, It kind right? of felt a little bit long at, at points. Yeah. I think it's the longest times, one up to this point, for sure. I still liked it. <laughs> it was, it was fun. Length, it definitely, know, it, was it, fun. it earned its fun, for sure. It, it, but there were points where it was like, can, can we, well, we get it. We get it was it. interesting. Well, the first time I watched it um, was the first time I saw it, and I was just like, this is really long, and this is like... Uh, really, uh, it drags, and there's too, like way too much dialogue. I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's like way too much dialogue. <laughs> and I rewatched it, not intending to get anything out of it. But I, the second time, I was like, oh wait, I remember how much I enjoyed this the first time. And I don't know, like I don't know if wit, at what point it started dragging for me, um, because I didn't get the entire second viewing in because it's so long. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the second time I watched it, I remember, yeah, it was, it was, it's really funny. And there's so many, I love um, Harry Grant playing off of his mother and playing off of, <laughs> of K- Kendall. What's her name? What is her name? I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, wait, which one? Eve I don't know, the, the blonde. Yeah. Oh, uh, Eve. Oh, Eve, Eve Kendall. Eve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kendall, that was I, the last name. There we go. Yeah. Eva. You're all right. You got it. I'm writing it down so I don't forget again. <laughs> I, I don't know I thought the mom was really great I wish the mom had been on screen a little bit more and it would have been really cool if she was like the, the Q character or she was like kind of funding this and he kept calling her all the times he got arrested <laughs> oh mother yes oh mother that's the officer's name I laugh too <laughs> <laughs> what a smug dick bro why you're getting arrested oh he was drunk Dude. what are you gonna do yeah it was so good. I love how they inebriate him. They're just like, all right, drink, motherfucker. Dude, I was like, wait, like, are they poisoning him? What the yeah. hell? And then no, they pull this just... giant glass and it just keeps pouring. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, I would never be able to drink it. that. I'd vomit. There's no way you'd be able to get it down. Like, you won't be able to keep that down. Again, man, the bad guys are so classy. They're, they're like, we're not going to actually pour the bottle in you. We're, we're first going to ask you to, to drink. The bottle, and then if you're not going to do that, okay, well, we're going to we're going to hold you down on the couch, and then we're still going to pour it in a glass for you. Like, <laughs> what, what's going on with the sophistication here, man? They were classy. It's a different time, Brian. So classy. It, it did set up the template for the Bond film. Were yeah. they um, supposed to be Russian? Because they kept alluding to a Cold War. Yeah, they talked about the Cold War, but they never said which which government that the they were working. Okay, I okay, for. I was not sure if I missed that. Yeah, I know his. I know his help was from uh, Canada because at the end they made some. Uh, there's some like line. Well, not from Canada. They just said we'll get you across the Canadian border, which is implying out of the United States, so you can go oh, anywhere. Else. Okay, I thought they was he was yeah. sending them back home. Okay, I got what you're no. saying. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, no. The only the only reference that I recognized or heard um, to which governmental entity or whatever that they're working with was was. His small talking about it's a cold war and we're not particularly winning it or whatever. And she's like, well, maybe you could send to lose a couple cold wars or whatever, which was a really good line. I don't remember exactly how she said it, but it really fucking worked for me. And I was like, yes, you're not going to send my lady off off to bed a bunch (laughs) of fucking rooskies. Well, she was apparently leaving by herself at the same time. Like that, that was a little bit confusing as well. What? I got the impression that she was she was leaving with Van Damme, but then when uh, the other dude was talking to him and he was like, "Yeah, no, so we're gonna we're gonna stay and she's gonna go and they'll take care of her over the water. They'll kill her or whatever." But like, 
it, it's it seemed like she was going to be leaving with him. Yeah. And then when it seemed when it was made clear that he was not even going to go, it was like, well, why the hell would you expect her to even get on the plane? Well, no, that was I mean, so she shot Cary Grant so that he would have to take her. Right. Because but then, like, he was not going to get on the plane when she was being forced onto the plane. Was it? Oh, did I, he was. Did okay. I miss that? I, I'm slightly fuzzy on this too, but um, at some point he discovered that she didn't actually shoot Cary Grant, and so right. then he was gonna. He still was gonna take her on the plane, but he was gonna kill her, and so that's when Cary Grant was like, "I have to rescue her." Yep. But okay. at some point, was he pl- not going to get on that same plane? No, he was. He was maybe not gonna take her. So oh, okay. what the agents were doing? I got I got really confused during that scene because they flipped it like four times. It's it's during that au- auction dialogue. scene. Like, uh, Cary Grant comes in there and he, he gets really pissed at, uh, at Eve right in front of, uh, Van Damme's no, 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 character. I, yeah, I got that. I got that far, that part. I'm just saying like, it, it seemed like when, when they were actually going to get on the plane, it seemed like Van Damme and his henchman dude, who was gay for him, were not going to get on the plane. <laughs> they were just going to put, um, Eve on the plane by herself. No, they they were gonna go. I was go. like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's when they he they finds like, out the gun. You're gonna go fake. and we'll catch up, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so he's right, just okay. like, well, you know, if they're gonna play that smart shit, well, then I'll I'll make the I'll do this smart shit and just dump her ass off into the ocean. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> you know, he's just trying to make some cleanup happen real quick. Tie up the loose ends. Speaking of tying up loose ends, uh, when he's in the house <laughs> and the the housekeeper lady is like cleaning up stuff she's like let me put the glasses away and she sees his reflection in the tv yeah dude i like almost stood up and clapped because it was just such a fucking brilliant shot you're like man look at that like, opening we should, we should do more shit from unbreakable like come on come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> there's someone in the house <laughs> there was a there was a quintessential shot that i've seen uh, done many times is when they do when they're in the phone booths and we're we're dollying down the yeah the sliding like, I've, I've seen across. that shot so many times. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a shot you can't do anymore. What the fuck's a phone booth? <laughs> <laughs> no, you you just put a bunch of people on like a park bench on cell phones. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you just dolly down those. Or you yes. work like uh, the Umbrella Academy, where apparently literally no character has cell phones, and they just don't ever reference it. Yeah, they I haven't seen that. the second season yet. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh man, I just can't wait to see the the shot where everybody's on their cell phone on a bench and just dolly past them. All. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that in something. Everybody's gonna have the same stupid blank look on their face. You get to the yep. one guy that's got his mouth all open. Wonder what he's looking at. <laughs> hey Brian. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. I just noticed it myself. All right, guys. We are gonna play the trailer for North by Northwest. We will be back. <laughs> Have you planned your vacation yet? You've a choice between sand and sunburn, or mountain climbing and the Charlie horse. I find it all very enervating, but we should all have some kind of holiday. So, my suggestion is a quiet little tour, say about 2,000 miles. I have just made a motion picture north by northwest to show you some of these delights and the ideal place to start our holiday fun trip is new york where cary grant can go places and do things 
You don't find a tasteful little murder on every guided tour, now do you? But this means we must leave Manhattan. Hello there. Tell me, why are you so good to me? Shall I climb up and tell you why? How do I know you aren't a murderer? You don't. A train may be an old-fashioned way to travel, but an upper berth can be a lovely place to go when it's your time to go. After an uneventful fine night's rest, we arrive in Chicago. We seek out culture in a great art gallery. We can't leave Chicago without a visit to the Great Plain. The people are all so friendly in the great outdoors. And now for the climax of our tour, the inspiration of a great American monument, the serene nobility of Mount Rushmore. On this tour, you are sure of charming companions like Cary Grant, entirely relaxed, and a bit on the reticent side. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders dependent upon me. And I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed. And for vacation romance, how about an amorous blonde like Eva Marie Saint? She's the kind of girl that gets into a man's blood, even if she has to shoot her way in. Now for the best news of all. You can enjoy this wonderful vacation while seated comfortably in this theater. I promise you nothing but entertainment, a vacation from all your problems, as it was for me. And we're back. That was the trailer for Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Can I say something, Brian? Oh, please do. Okay. That trailer reminded me that when they have their first, like, lovey-dovey moment there's a lot of awkward hands i don't, I don't know a lot of awkward hands. hands like just like weird hands. awkward hand placement was it was that because they couldn't like rub or like it was just yeah he puts his hand on like her face but like, but, it's like, it's no, like he, he grabs her head and... like a basketball yeah he's like but he's just like and then Ooh. she's got her hands around his neck but they're weird oddly like arched it was just odd hands. <laughs> like, go back and watch that scene again and look at their hands. They're like, what are you doing? It feels like you're eighth graders at a dance. No, there was like, definitely <laughs> a couple moments that I felt that for sure. Like, he puts his hand around her neck, but it's, like, in, like, this weird position. <laughs> and then it doesn't, like, move, but it's, like, awkward. And, like, it's, it's awkward what? hands. It's the awkward hand like, scene. Are you doing, like, baby shark back there? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I think that's less distracting than Jimmy Stewart's like face rubs in Vertigo. Oh, that's fair. Where he does like the. Uh, oh yes, let me know. Hey, let's let's rub face. cheeks, baby. Right after we do a well, yeah. one kiss. Yeah, you know, because you're, you're beautiful, darling. <laughs> I don't know why. What, what kind of Jimmy Stewart impersonation we're trying to do here? <laughs> oh. it's, got a it's an accurate one. Jimmy Stewart was going to be in this movie. Um, but well, um, then they no. realized that he wasn't not right for most of these roles. I don't think Hitchcock wanted him. I, mean, I, th- I think he was just like you know humoring him by giving him an offer, but you know trying to make it where you know he he would get what he wants. I think he was going to be in it until Vertigo came out and it, it didn't perform well. Because one of the reasons that uh, Hitchcock you know said that Vertigo didn't perform well is because of the uh, the age of uh, Jimmy Stewart, which makes no sense because Cary Grant is what? older. 
Yeah, and yeah. She, yeah. He's still, she's still twenty six. Yeah. What's what's up with this twenty six no, age? Okay, with she older, says older she's twenty six. She was actually thirty four when they made this. Film. I thought she looked older, but I, but you know, but no, it's weird how he puts this this weird twenty six. No, age she's age like a perfect thirty four. But Cary Grant is fucking like fifty eight or some shit. Like what? Can we get some people that are you know under forty for the dudes? If you're gonna have any woman that you're even qualifying as a twenty year old. Cary Grant's still sexy, though, man. Come on. He is uh, you still know, looking His good. face is going to make even a woman in a, a hospital bed be like, Stop! Oh, stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was some shit that I was like, okay, I need to watch that again because damn, that was good. <laughs> the lady yeah, like had the, like, the same glasses stuff. as like Midge. Yeah, she puts yeah. the glasses on. She's like, oh, never mind. Please stop. <laughs> what does he say right there? He says something. He goes, Ugh. he goes, ah. He's like, yeah, he makes a weird noise where he's like, nah. He's aware of the effect that he has on ladies yeah, at this point. He already yeah. has listen, one. Listen, listen, Linda, dial it back. <laughs> so, Brian, I did the, uh, during the break, I did the inflation calculator on uh, the budget. So, if the budget was $4 million, that puts it at $35.6 million. My God. Low. That's still Holy cheap. Shit. That's really cheap, man. That's that's like that feels so low. I'm trying to what what's what what's a what's a movie these days that we're making for thirty million? Fucking I don't know, like big budget horror films. Yeah, uh, well, like no, Conjuring? even though no, that's what I'm thinking. Like, uh, no, even mean, that's still probably in the ten like million that. dollar range or less. Um, I don't know, but it just seems it seems low. I mean, I feel like the costumes alone would have cost. Wait, so all what the set you guys building. think about the costumes? Can we talk about costumes for a yes, second? Yes, please. What do you guys think? I wanted really? to bring it up from earlier because, <laughs> like, Cary Grant's character is supposed to be this, this like, fucking baller dude, and and he wears the same suit the whole movie. It's mm-hmm. even dirty. Like, gets, like to destroyed. the point that they have the whole scene where, like, all right, let's let's clean the suit this so you can keep wearing the same suit. Well, that, that was a diversion. Great, that was a diversionary tactic. Oh, it totally, it totally to him, works. You know, it absolutely works on so many levels. But like, he, like as soon as you see him, like it's like, oh yeah, no, this guy, this guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Like he, he makes money. He knows what looks good. And then they have like three different characters reference. Like, oh, you, you look good, and you, yeah, you're oh, you're oh, the well tailored like, man or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the interesting thing about the costumes on this movie. Edith Head, who normally does the Hitchcock movies, was not available for this. So instead, there just wasn't a costume designer. That was Cary Grant's personal suit that was made for him that he paid for. He wore his own wardrobe for this. Holy shit. No wonder it works so fucking well for him because he has enough money to make sure that he has a really good suit. Yeah. And um, for Eve Kendall, for her character, um, Hitchcock and one of the producers just took her into Bergdorf Goodman's and like picked out some stuff. And that was her outfit. Or what she, those were all her outfits. And it was interesting because as I was watching it, I was like, she looks good. Everyone looks good. But I was like, no one's like standing out. There's nothing that like really pops like in most. uh, So again, Edith had normally does Hitchcock films and normally the costumes are like popping off the screen. Um, But no, no, this (laughs) was no costume design for this at all. And so she, uh, Eve is in like mostly black suits black and white suits the whole film until the very end she switches to like an orange dress thing oh yeah i love that 
I loved it. Nice, it was great. That's a nice outfit. I, that looks I really so good. like the uh, dark dress with like the the red floral pattern yes. on it. I love the really back nice. in that. The, uh, she yeah. wore it to the art auction. But here's the thing: like that's still a really great dress, but it like it just screamed like day dress to me. Like again, like, yeah, because like you could just like go buy it, like <laughs> Dillard's or something uh, because you yeah. could, and that's where they basically went and bought, you know, her wardrobe. And yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and the other interesting thing about the wardrobe was, uh, I think it was Van Damme, I'm not sure, but um, it might've been one of the other henchmen. He didn't have any suits. And so Hitchcock was like, just go to Cary Grant's tailor <laughs> and have him make you a suit. And Cary Grant actually saw him wearing his suit, didn't realize he was working on the film. And he walked up to him and was like, wow, like, that's amazing. Where did you get this suit? Like, not realizing. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. I, I think that was Martin uh, Martin Landau. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wh- where was the green? What What was green in this? There wasn't the titles. Really? No, the the only thing I saw was okay, maybe yeah, the titles. Um, which also the titles were very reminiscent of Mad Men's opening credits too. Did you yeah. guys? Yeah. Pick up on well, that? the fact that it. it was it was like that that sort of like grid looking thing, and then it becomes the building, which was like yeah. the UN building. Man, yeah. those titles were so fucking baller. I love it. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the only green I saw was. Actually, the Hitchcock cameo, the bus is green that Hitchcock, yeah. when the doors close and he can't get on it. That's the only green I saw in this. Yeah, which again kind of makes, I mean, so it's interesting when you think about what would have been available in stores at the time, <laughs> since you're not, since it's like not really much any thought went into this. I don't know. I think that kind of messes with my theory, or I don't think it's my theory, the theory that Hitchcock just loves green, because if Hitchcock was directly in charge of costumes at this point there was no green at all well like you said he didn't have edith head and right i do think this is can we talk about this this i mean i really love this movie it's, it's incredibly enjoyable but this is kind of fluffy stuff for hitchcock this is yeah there's no yeah, deep meaning here this is just a fun adventure ride there's no like hitting meaning there's no, no there's no symbolism or metaphors to dissect everything's kind I mean, of face value there are there are trains going into tunnels, so I, I don't no, think... Okay. And for the ending shot, just to put a button. It wasn't like the whole movie's full of that. So I have to say, like, uh, the the, I, the the last scene where Cary Grant pulls her up and then it turns into the train. Oh, that's um, great at it. That's cool. I thought that was amazing. But then, like, he's like, thank you, Mrs. Thornhill. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, that was awfully they wrapped fast. it up real quick. But I found out... Really okay, fast. But they got marry whatever because the production code bought them on that scene because they were together in the bed and they were like you can't show this and so oh, hitchcock was like well they're really? married so. <laughs> oh wow yeah, yeah. gotta have interesting. Them, gotta have the couples in the separate beds man can't well, be that's, just, that's the same thing i was asking it earlier basically with with the hands thing is is it just so awkward because they can't really do a lot yeah, I don't know. Because because of whatever the you know, there was probably rules on how they could they could do these intimate scenes. Oh yeah, man. Their, uh, you can't kiss like too many times in a shot back to back. Like they'll they'll mm-hmm. actually edit out like a, a kiss. So I'm I yeah, it could have been something with like that with the hands, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I never really I don't know. I've never the really only paid attention hand to it. scene I really paid attention to was 
when oh can, and can we talk about how lax hotel security was it's jesus like, christ right uh, i'm trying Wait, to go murder you know this person uh, can you tell on? me what oh, so yeah. you must actually know them cool <laughs> like holy well, shit i'll give you all of their information Fuck, this is kind of scary, you know? <laughs> the only hands I noticed, so when Cary Grant finds out where Eve Kendall is staying and goes to her hotel room and just, like, walks in for whatever reason, <laughs> um, he it's, it's very weird because he's really angry at her because he realizes that she lied to him about George Kaplan. And um, sending him to die like he goes and he touches her and it looks like he's like about to like, I don't know, kiss her, like have sex with her, do something. And then he just like his hands kind of like go up and he like it's that I thought that was like very bizarre. And the whole scene was just really weird. I kind of like that, though, because you don't know how he's going to react at first. You know, like, is is he going to play it cool or is he going to go in there and like beat the shit out of her? No, then he shows up at the art auction and calls her a slut 500 times. <laughs> and then yeah. he's like, oh, he sorry, I found out that, like, that was my bad. Can we, like, work through this? <laughs> and, and it's just like, dude, dude. Well, they yeah. fell in love after that day, you know? that oof, It wasn't even yeah, a whole that's, day. Honestly, the key to my heart is being called a slut in public. Like, that does it for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you have another guy whose hand is like on your neck, like that, the whole that time. was like okay. That was oh that my like, god, that was so controlling weird. and creepy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, is this oh, like an abusive relationship, is. or is this like? Because it was like obviously like she was his possession, but then like maybe yeah. it, maybe they just don't know how to hold their hands in this movie. I don't know. I well, okay. I I would I would say the yes. I I think overall they don't know how to hold hands in this movie <laughs> at all. It's definitely like a Ricky Bobby kind of where like they've do I never put my held hands. hands sort of thing. It's like don't touch my hand. I hold your neck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where to put my hands. Uh, but for sure, like that that whole scene where it was that. I mean, that was the first introduction of of Van Damme's connection to even Marie Saint, where it's like just that first shot where his hand is on her shoulder. And they're like close up or whatever like that. It was like, oh, okay, got it. So she's clearly not with him in some form or fashion. And then, you know, that 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 was a really good visual use of of exposition without saying anything. Like, and that that's what I appreciated so much about Hitchcock is is his ability to do to communicate so much without saying literally anything. Oh, I was gonna say this is the opposite of that, but I really liked <laughs> when um, the killers, because again, everyone can just get into hotels at this point. This is at the beginning yeah. of the movie when he's with his mother, and they break into that hotel room, and then the killers find out that he's broken into the hotel room, and they come up to break into the hotel room also. Right, right, right. And then they all get on the elevator, and the mom leans over and is like, "You aren't really trying to kill my son, are you?" And then everyone just laughs, and I thought that was like the best scene because, like, honestly, if someone's trying to kill you, like, you should just like call them out. Like, it's great. I think I thought that was great. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, what yeah, are they going to do? Cool. And then, like, his response is just a laugh, and I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Of course, it. just laugh. Yeah. Just laugh at it. Yeah. And it makes everyone else laugh. Yeah. Because yeah. laughter's contagious. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> let uh, let the ladies off first. And then he scares Oh, that was so great, like, yeah. Dude, this is just so good. It's just so good. And then and then sort of the similar I love Cary Grant's escape scenes when he escapes the art auction by like 
He's all about trying to run. Oh, man. <laughs> as soon as he sat down and started, like, calling and Oh, yeah, he, like, squeezed in too. on that lady. Like, why, yeah. why didn't she be like, bitch, get off me? <laughs> like, what the like, fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I Dude, love that, like, Oh, it was so fun, man. The random so voice was just like, get him out of here. <laughs> yes. Just someone back there who's like, 1200. <laughs> Make him leave. Can we talk about how the uh, the halfway point of the movie was this? Oh, yeah. The empty scene in the, where he goes on the bus and then just waits for an hour and a half to be attacked by a plane. Yeah, that's probably the best. Uh, it's the most famous scene from the film. I mean, that's like, yeah, you that, know, that plane attack posters. is pretty badass. Okay. Right? All right. So I, I have a question because I didn't fully understand some of the visuals. Was he being shot at? Yes. Yes. Like, or was was all like the the little holes that were being created from the propeller hitting because they no, were those so were close? Bullets. Those yeah. were bullets. Those were they were shooting behind him because like the plane passed and then the the little holes were there? Yeah, that's the way I took it. Is like if the guy couldn't run him over, were there, there were he was, bullets. He was going to shoot at him afterwards. So was there like a second person in the plane shooting backwards at him? Because that that didn't fully I, like connect for me. I didn't I didn't understand that. Why is this pilot like a kamikaze pilot? Yeah, he's like I'm going to run you over and then, but oh, I missed you, I'm and gonna... now there's going to be someone shooting at. Why don't they just have the fucking dude shoot at him? I don't know. It's <laughs> scarier, man. Like having that fucking goddamn propeller come at you like really fast. Yeah. It, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it makes sense. It, if, if if those like those like four divots every time are from the propeller, like he's so close that the fucking propeller is in the ground, that makes sense to me. There's someone with a gun there. No, on the stick where you fly, there's a big red button and you push that down and it shoots a damn. Yeah, but that shoots in front of you. So why the and and that's like two well, giant lines. We've seen like a million movies that have done exactly that. So why are there four? Grigsy, you are four breaking this down way too much. I know that you're. Thing. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying like this. this what was were the, the bullets scene. hitting after the flyby? Yeah, they were. I I hmm. do think I do think it, there's two cockpit holes in the plane, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It was it was confusing to the point that I was I was I didn't understand why they didn't show like all right here's a shot of a guy with a fucking machine gun, or you know like like of of all the things that Hitchcock does to say this is what's happening here's the insert here's the whole scene right. with you know 2 minutes worth of dialogue explaining George Kaplan doesn't exist why why were these divot things happening you know 2 feet from dude's head but we're not seeing like oh it's the propeller or oh it's someone shooting at him or something like that it, so that's that's why I was like wait what's what's going on I kind of like staying with Cary Grant and his perspective right yeah. you know like if we Watching go up there scramble. and we we get that shot that doesn't that that shot would break, right? With okay. all those all other right, that's shots. A good, that's that we a really good that, point. For sure. Yeah. Kind of like in the birds when they have that overhead wide shot and all yeah. the birds come in. Like, yeah. That's such oh. a break with all those other shots in that sequence. Like, you know, anyway, go I ahead. I thought you were going to mention that, like um, that. That when we were talking about that really wide shot that opened up this scene. You know, whose perspective is that, Brian? See, Jared, the difference is, <laughs> is the, the birds is a very specific <laughs> moment. That see, that's not just an establishing shot. That's an establishing shot from a, an angle that is so ridiculously high that it calls attention to itself. Yeah, but it's really great. I don't know why you're bringing it up. So. <laughs> no, it is great. Amazing. It is great. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just 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 like that uh, when he 
gets in and he's exiting the building and he's got this extremely high angle shot, like flat oh, straight down. I love that shot. You don't like so that, Brian? I, I know it. I know it. You can see the mat and all Bro, that. No, it, I love it, it so cheap. much. You can see the mat. It looks like a goddamn cartoon, dude. It looks like they. I know. That's it. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Who but cares, it's still, man? It's still it's cool. So though. cool. It did a fucking intern draw that mat. Like what? No, the it, fuck, lo- it looks like looks like we dropped into the Jetsons, but it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> the only mat I dislike. It calls back to the intro with the with the titles, yeah. Like 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 because that was clearly the UN building at an interesting angle with all the reflections of of the New York traffic that then Which led into cool. everything else, and and it connected both the beginning and the middle, and it gave all of the things like it it worked so well for me. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And it was kind of a callback to that like uh, that shot in Vertigo where Jimmy Stewart's leaving the church while they're going yeah. up the oh yeah the yeah, priest yeah, yeah. Up. sure. I love these extreme wides that he does. It's really cool. For for me, most of all, it made him feel very small because he like that was the moment where where he he was just literally photographed for fucking murder. Like who puts a, yeah. who puts <laughs> their hand on a knife? <laughs> where you oh, just caught the guy falling over. Let me grab the <laughs> knife and then put my fingerprints all over it in the middle of a fucking like. And there happens room. to be a photographer right there. Right. He's like, oh, I should definitely take a picture of this. Good thing that my photographer's uh, flash face. was He's charged. Like, <laughs> my wife couldn't let that scene go, man. I was just like, oh, my God. Wait, wait, it's, this is just one little scene in this movie. It's just he's being accused of something again. Like, just go with it. Who, who I cares? was No, I was shouting at the TV like, who grabs the knife? Come on. <laughs> well, especially because not only are you putting your fingerprints all over it, but if the guy – had any chance of survival, you leave the knife in because yeah. you pull right. out, all the blood comes Thank you. out. You never pull it out. Thank yeah, you. Leave it in there. Come whoever on. Whoever needs to hear that, like, don't pull the knife out. Never pull <laughs> the knife out. If you ever out. catch someone who was just murdered in front of you and trying to be framed by it, don't Push the, the knife, knife deeper out. in. Wow. I hope I never get <laughs> murdered around any of you guys. the knife. I'll be like, guys, I'm dying over here. Call 911. No, uh, no the, the, the knife has to stay in. Guys, I'm, I really need this wound clean over here. I, I'm, not, I'm not touching you. Fuck you. Not, Sorry. Dude, the knife has to stay. It keeps the pressure. <laughs> I saw North by Northwest and The Fugitive. You're fucked. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's a good call, then, Jared. All right, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but for real, it's back to the plane. I've heard about this scene a lot. I've, I've seen breakdowns like on Twitter and, and the ways that family all guy. those things were done. Um, they recreated people in a James uh, Bond movie. Yeah, yes, no, and I and I've seen more recently people take that scene and then um, paint out the plane and uh, paint back in an, uh, an X-wing or a Tie Fighter or some shit like that, and it, it warms my heart because it's fucking hilarious and Star Wars. So it's super fun. It was all that to say. It was really great to see the actual scene in the context of this film, and it really, really fucking works so well. Even knowing like the technology that went into it and how they they pulled it off, it still a hundred percent sells. Yeah, it does. I mean, dude, when he's running and the planes behind him, some of those some of those shots yeah. are fucking incredible. They're so good, man. So well framed. I love how you can see the plane off in the in the background and how it gets a little bit closer in the shots in the comps. It's framed more and more. And once the yeah. the guy that's waiting for the bus once dude, he, he when brings he it says up, says that line. Oh my god! It was like yes, yes. Why is that guy? Why why is he crop dusting a field where there's no f- crops? Why was, was like, he, why was he dusting it? Was he just like playing? He's like, oh, I wonder what this button does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was waiting for the other guy to leave so he could just murder <laughs> Cary Grant with you know no one around. I don't you know. There was whatever. like some 
part of that because I I wasn't paying super close attention at this point. I just remember glancing up and it looked like he was crop dusting Cary Grant. And I was like, that's an interesting way to try to kill him. He's weighing <laughs> down, like, make him real wet where everything, like, you know, he's slipping. Because it's like, I mean, pesticides, right? Like, is this like a slow death happening over here? Like, <laughs> Your poison's going to cough really, really hard. <laughs> is, is it weird that they try to kill him with a with an airplane? Like, why not just show up and shoot him? Okay, that's that, that's kind of... <laughs> That's not exciting. Is it, is it, that's a better way to you, you explain my point from earlier. Like, like, why do we have these shots where there's like divots in the ground that are maybe from bullets, maybe from the propeller? Like, it, clearly they're trying to attack him. It's but cool. like, Look, they have had multiple chances. They've been so close to him with a gun. They could have just shot him if they wanted to. Clearly right. they have something else in mind, and it's not shooting him. So what's the well, point of this whole plane thing? What well, are you no, talking excited. about? Why, well, why are you harping on the plane? Fun. It's fun, okay? Look, they're like, <laughs> look, we can't just walk up and shoot him. What would be a really cool way in the middle of Nebraska to kill this guy? And they're like, there look, there's go. a plane. And the other person's <laughs> like, you know what? Let's do it. And that's how it happened, okay? Yeah. And it's exciting. It looks cool. Listen, no one's ever listen, done it before. If you're going to drive an hour and a half south of Chicago towards Indianapolis, you deserve to be attacked by a plane. That's all I'm saying. Is that where they were? I've Wait. made that drive. It's not that much fun. You should definitely, if you're going to stop there, don't expect to not be attacked by a plane. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And look, dude, you know assassins have bucket lists too. Like, I'm sure they've already right? shot somebody. <laughs> I'm sure he's already choked somebody out. You know, like mur- death by plane. Right. Death by plane. Right. That's where like you Like, if I were an assassin, if I were a professional assassin, like, I would get so bored just, like, walking around <laughs> shooting people. Like, you know what? For you, I'm going to take a little bit less of a fee because you're going to let me do it with the plane. Yeah, that's <laughs> what's going to happen here. I need to find joy in my job again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all about, uh, it's all about that job satisfaction. Uh, can, we, oh. can we talk about Mount Rushmore and the whole, like, why the hell did they put it there? No, why are you trying to get all? What do you I mean? Why did they put it there? I mean, apparently like... Mike is anti-American and anti-Mount <laughs> Rushmore. Listen, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anti-American. I'm just America. pro America. Pro things that are not fucking bullshit. How about that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Hitchcock just—I mean, this whole movie. Did you guys hear like how this fucking script got formed? No, it was literally no, just a bunch of ideas that Hitchcock wanted. He's like, you know what'd be cool? <laughs> It'd be a chase on uh, Mount Rushmore. That'd be that'd be really awesome. And then he's like, "Oh, you know what'd be cool? Murder at the UN." Well, yeah, we'll do that. Look at this. This is this is all good. And they literally just took a couple of those, like it's like three or four scenes, and like the original uh, idea behind the the plane coming in and running over Cary Grant. That was like in the script uh, or in a, the writing stages. I think Hitchcock wanted like a cyclone or a fucking tornado. And then the writer was like, "Wait a minute, hold on. We can't do it. He's tornado, not Dorothy Gale, but a plane. How are they is, controlling uh, the weather? Pretty close. <laughs> I mean, so I, I don't know. There's still spinning happening. It's, it's, you know, it's basically the same thing. The movie's a little amazing. fluffy, and I mean, like the title, even it's, North by Northwest. Uh, I didn't know about uh, know it until Northwest Air- Northwest Airlines. Well, no. I, so on the compass, there is no North by Northwest. You can go Northwest by North, but you can't go." On a like, what is it? The thirty-two point compass. You can't go north by northwest. That's not directions. That that doesn't exist. Wow, did not know that. Yeah. So like, I mean, that was. It's almost like the George Kaplan of directions. 
Ray? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> or a gun that fires Doesn't blanks. <gasps> oh, what? man. That comes back three times in the fucking plot. Oh, check yeah, off. Yeah, when, when, she pulled, when she pulled the gun, I was like, it's that gun. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. just love that it, he yeah. was like, it took me 10 minutes Brian, to figure out that it was me. the same gun. <laughs> I'm counting bullets, bro. <laughs> oh, I was 100% doing the same points. thing. I was like, isn't that the same gun? It's got to be the same gun. I saw this when I was like 10. So, I, hey, man, I was like, oh, whoa. Oh, oh my gosh, my blood. <laughs> one man. plus one plus two plus what? <laughs> the other thing that I really liked about this movie, and I wish they had done more of it, was I love the opening shots of New York and all of the people bustling and tra- so crowded. Oh, they yeah. were delightful. Yeah. Especially the shots of people stealing cabs from each other. Yeah, I've never seen people <laughs> steal cabs from each other, but it happened a lot in this movie, and I honestly yeah. is, I appreciate it. That is so New York. But I wish when they were in Chicago, I almost thought that they didn't. I looked it up because I was like, were they even there? Because I feel like they could have done more establishing shots for Chicago, especially hmm. at Union Station. And I think they had like one scene there, and it really like. I don't know. It wasn't super noticeable. Uh, Chicago is just as like Union Station is just as crowded and well. Okay, no, Grand Central Station is way more packed, but there's still a ton of people in Chicago and Union mm-hmm. Station, and I feel like they could have done more establishing to indicate that they were in a new city. Yeah, I see what you mean because you know I, I I think it plays where you could be in the same city. Well, you're not just, really paying attention. Well, no, that's where he gets off the train though. Yeah, he gets off the the. It's an it's like an overnight. Well, it's a little more than an overnight from New York to Chicago, and that's where they get off. And I think that's when they. Yeah, that's when he gets, switches to the bus plane thing, and then somehow they <laughs> end up in at the Mount Rushmore. I don't. How did they end up at Mount Rushmore again? Wait, was there the, another uh, train? The CIA guy. He comes and and gets him out of jail. And they, yes. they, they're meeting and on the they, yeah. tarmac. Is that when they walk through the uh, the airport? And then, yes. Then they yeah. go to okay. South Dakota. And it's got yeah. that really awesome scene where like they're getting ready to explain some of the plot, and the, the pl- they walk by a plane engine, and it just drowns everything out. Like yes. Cool. Oh man, it was yeah. so good. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we'll continue this when it's actually important. You guys already know this stuff. I like that. That was that was pretty classic. Like that that that's a ballsy move for sure, audio mixing wise. Yeah, this, this is just like Hitchcock. Like, if you took like all the fun elements of Hitchcock and made it into a movie, this is what you would have. But like, when you don't have the darker elements of Hitchcock, like that is also what makes makes it Hitchcock. And it, I don't know how I feel about this movie because there just wasn't like substance there. I feel mm-hmm. like in his other ones, there's there's just so much to think about and even like look at. And 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 even though. Um, the production value in this was obviously amazing compared to some of the other movies that we've watched. Uh, I don't think this one really compares. That's an interesting point because it definitely was, was, I feel like it was for sure the most fun Hitchcock movie that we've watched this month. I mean, what is fun if not psychological trauma, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) Fun, fun in the sense of like sitting down and, and just having a good ride but like this doesn't sit with me like Vertigo did. This doesn't sit with me like like the the bad acting and suspense of the birds, or or the observational you know interest of of Rear Window. It was enjoyable, but it it like I'm still thinking about 
vertigo and rear window so much more okay yeah so wait do we know why hitchcock was like let's make a fun movie with all these crazy storylines tied together like was he just trying to like blow money like was he mad at somebody at the studio or like was this his vacation right was he like on vacation (laughs) he literally says that in the trailer this is a vacation for me. It can yeah. be a vacation for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he just gotten off Vertigo, which was, you know, very personal to him, and that, that didn't do very well. Um, and then the movie he does right after this is Psycho, you know, which is the exact, oh, really? yeah, okay. the exact opposite of this film. You know, like, this is huge, big budget um, entertainment. So, okay, so if this, you said this came right after Vertigo, which didn't do well, like, was he just trying to appease someone, like, some executive, and they're, like... Well, I don't know if it was an executive. I just think he, he needed a hit. I don't get, like, insecurity vibes from him, though, honestly. <laughs> well, a hit in the sense of, like, he needs to be able to continue justifying his expense as a director and, and as a creative force. I don't know. You, you, do, you have to think a little... Was li- that a thing back then? I mean, that, that, you're going to take that a little bit of a hit. If you're only doing good and you've only been going up, the first time you get knocked down, it's going to hurt a little. It just seems like someone somewhere said, like, oh, Hitchcock can't, can only make, you know, serious, scary horror movies, whatever, whatever you want to call it, suspenseful movies. And he was like, fuck you. I'm going to make this lighthearted romp <laughs> around the country. <laughs> And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some sort of story behind this. I don't know. It's clear that he made this, um, but it just, yeah, it seems like it's lacking substance. Yeah. And not because it's fun. I enjoy fun things. I don't know. Yeah, I think he would agree with you. <laughs> it doesn't have the weight of some of the other films that he's made. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it is lacking that. But I, I don't know. That's not always a bad thing, though. Like, I think Fight Club lacks that, but I still really enjoy that movie. People try to read a lot into that, man. Well, if you do, you're an idiot. That's missing the whole point of it. Like, like my favorite film, bro. I love Brad Pitt and that. He's like, yeah, man, you're not your fucking watch. You're not your fucking khakis. And it's like, bro, you're wearing all designer shit. Get the fuck out of my face. What are you talking? Your (laughs) T-shirt is literally like $2,000. Yeah. You know, so like if you're reading in and believing Tyler Durden, you're kind of missing the comedy of it you know i don't know um uh, but does a movie have to say something does a movie have i i i think it kind of does in the sense that like even if it's unconscious you're as an artist you're you're trying to express something and and i i think in my experience sometimes the the best way to figure out what you're trying to express is to make the thing um so maybe you don't know what you're trying to say until you've you've made the thing and so if maybe this was a, a period in Hitchcock's life where he was like I've done all this heaviness and I need something for myself that's lighter so let's make this fun like I like this thing I like that thing I like that thing let's put them all together and just do something that's kind of fun to make all that sort of make sense what what if that what if that was the point was was to do something that doesn't matter that's not heavy that doesn't have any higher meaning was to just yeah I think he was aware of that let it be what it is Sometimes I mean something. Sometimes that's that's worth doing is just just have it be what it is. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's why the title doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just like what is this movie about? Uh, about nothingness. Like, purposefully not <laughs> not real. Like it's not even Northwest by North. It's North by Northwest. 
I don't know, man. I, I like filler stuff sometimes. I like Independence Day. Whatever. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> popcorn movie. Day yeah. popcorn movie great. This time. I love popcorn movies. I this is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it it seems and maybe I'm reading too much into this. It just seems like we're I it's, there's something that's missing here. Like there's some sort of piece that doesn't quite fit because even if he wanted to make a movie about nothing and no one because George Kaplan doesn't exist and the point doesn't exist and where are they going? Nowhere, really. Uh, I don't know. What's the point? A good I expect time. more from you, Hitchcock. Spectacle. Yeah, I, yeah, I expect more from maybe, you. Maybe, yeah. what, maybe this was the point in his career where he, you know, he had a little bit of fame and he, he knew he could sell stuff off his name and this was a money thing. Yeah, like, that's this thing what it feels like. That's what it feels like. It feels like it was either some sort of fuck you, I can do this, I can make a light summer blockbuster, or he needed money. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, both are fine. I mean, I'm just curious. That's the classic Michael Caine thing. Like, you got to pay rent, dude. Like, Look, yeah. I, just, I get make it. Something. You know, it's nice to have a house. But like, I don't know. I, was just, I, 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 I just want to know what it is. That's all. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's that's something that's for sure worth considering and, and thinking about. It's his only film with MGM. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Why? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I do. I did hear stories where they were trying to get him to cut it down because they really balked at the two hours and 16 minute runtime, which today sounds yeah. like that's fucking insane. Like, yeah, that's an easy blockbuster fucking passage or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was one of the few times where he had to go back and he actually had to call his lawyers and they had to look up in his contract to see if he had final cut. And he did and told him GM to go fuck themselves uh, in a uh, nice, polite 50s way. No, no, for sure. You know. In a way that, that lawyers and agents are able to make those sorts of statements. That's why you have lawyers and agents. Excuse me, sir. <clears throat> Good Go evening. fuck yourself. It, uh, <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> the most beneficial thing for every party in this particular situation is for you to fuck yourself. <laughs> you guys got anything else? Anybody got anything so to did- yeah. Can we talk about the score? I really want to talk about the score, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Like, before ratings this time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, we had to just slip it in there. Wait, was there a score in this movie? God damn it. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. I'm not. <laughs> Bernard okay. Herman. Reoccurring jokes. Are we, are we listening to the score? Because, honestly, I don't really remember it. I mean, oh. like, it's playing yeah, under us listen, right now. Listen, I, I know, just want to point out it. the fact that uh, the listeners to the podcast have a major advantage because you you underlay the score to the whole podcast. So the entire time, they're in the mental space of the score and they're like, yeah, it's so good. We, recording the podcast, are not currently listening to the We're score. We're in the voids of our heads. <laughs> <laughs> we have only the beauty of uh, the cadence of our own voices to listen to. And so we're like, wait, there was music in this? Wait, there was music? I thought there was just airplane noise and bullets. So what you, uh, <laughs> what everybody's telling me here is I need to play music to get get you in the mood? Okay. Right. I mean, if if you want to run the train through my station, that's all I'm saying. It's just whoa, I need a little bit whoa, of music. want to run the train <laughs> through my station, let's see what happens. We got to get married first before I go on a train with you, sir. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not going on that top bunk. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't make me come up there. I like how they're like, there's only one bed in here, but then there happens to be another bunk above. 
right, right. But you still have to sleep on the floor. Oh, but no, she gave she gave away the the turnkey at that point. You know, it was one yeah, bed, bro. Tough. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what we're gonna do now. Jeez. Oh, Ooh. my hands are tied. We have ratings. I think so, Brian. All right. What you guys rating this thing? Lay it on me. I'm gonna give this movie an eight. I should probably give it more, but we'll see how the ratings go. Uh, I think this movie is really fun. I've only seen it one time. Uh, I saw it today. Uh, yeah, man. It, it's just a really fun movie. It, 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 uh, Hitchcock surprised me again. I, I was expecting something dark, and I didn't get it. Um, but yeah, man. It's fun. It's cool. Wow. That was short. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fun. It's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Ooh. Uh, um, there's a lot of things that worked for me in this movie. Um all the I think all the production design, all the set design, um, a lot of the cinematography is just brilliant. All the 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 rear projection stuff just fucking sells. Oh yeah, it does look good. Um despite not having a uh costume designer, I think everybody looks really good. Um, if not as purposeful as they would had there been a costume designer. <laughs> Um, that's a, a magical revelation to actually hear. That's that's really yeah. I was surprised for sure. Um, I felt I felt the length in this uh, at times, and there were some moments where I was like, okay, we get it. Just all right, can we move on? Um, but overall, it was it was really fun. It was really fun. There, I I think Kristen has brought up a really good point for me that articulated something I couldn't quite put my finger on when I was watching it yesterday. Or thinking about it all day today, um, there wasn't the substance that I was kind of previously experiencing with uh, Hitchcock's films. Uh, it w- it was fun, but it felt like uh, I don't want to say hollow fun, but it felt more like popcorn fun as opposed to like a yeah, sitting with me, like okay. like Vertigo did. Can I ask you a question? Before yeah. You... All right. So, do you feel like that there is a because it's Hitchcock? There's like an expectation. And that's why you feel like so when you're watching it, you feel like you have to like you're you're searching for something. No, so my expectation for Hitchcock stuff um, it comes more from from um, filmmakers who I respect referencing his films, like oh look at look at this shot and and the way that he used this map painting, or look at this blocking and the way that he moved his actors around in the scene. You know, so so it's it comes from a much more technical perspective. So I enjoy recognizing those moments when I actually see them in the in the context of the films that I had not previously seen. But it, it has significantly less to do with with the the storylines and and the emotional impact of them. Um, so like the birds, for instance, for me was far more intense than I expected it to be. Somehow. Even though it's it's widely renowned as I don't even want to call it horror, like the master of suspense kind of films, um, it's literally my my opinion on this has to do with just watching the three other movies of his over the the past four weeks, um, and and seeing how how much those have just stuck with me, and Vertigo specifically, like there's there's just so much tone, there's just so much um, atmosphere in that film that it, it's just it's just resonated in so many ways that this one was like oh this is cool this is fun this is you know whatever but it hasn't like I don't know you're didn't, breaking the rules Mike it didn't you grab you can't, me you can't you can't do that you're breaking the rules I feel that I'm I'm you, just you explain, don't, don't I'm, I'm answering your question <laughs> I'm answering your question as, as to, to why I don't feel like it has substance 
Okay. Um, this is why I'm, I'm saying it has an 8.5 for me. Because this is a 1950, what, 59, right? Yep. 59 is when I was This is a 1959 yeah. popcorn movie. What was the other big popcorn movie of the air of the de- of that area? Like what, what? What else was coming out at this time? Oh, fifty. What, 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 what was a what was a big movie around this time? What, what can you place this? In? I'd have to. I'd have to go Google that. Okay. Well, don't do that. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> That's too much work. I was just wondering. Like, it was was this a, was this a hit? Did, did people line up to go see this? Uh, yeah. No. This this was a hit. This was like the I think it was number three or number four movie of the year. Nice. Yeah, so right. this well, was, was number great. two and it, number it, it one. I can't remember what it, what beat it. I know Pillow Talk was really big around this time. Um, okay, everybody okay. loves Pillow Talk. Yeah, who doesn't love Pillow Talk? <laughs> right, man. Fuck right. Doris Day and Rock Hudson were a badass combo, right? <laughs> they were good. That was their best movie. <laughs> oh, Ben Hur came out in 1959 too. Oh, the Charlie the Charlton Heston one. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it had to. Be. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what are you going to rate it, Mikey? Races. I said 8.5. 8.5? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space did come out this year. You were referencing uh, that earlier. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. It comes full circle. There it is. That's what I wanted. But still, right we, we, need, we need to cover that film um, so uh, so we can watch Martin Landau's uh, Bela Lugosi. Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. Kristen, you want to go next? You want to go last? Um, I can go next. Um, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I thought that it definitely had its moments. It was very fun. It was very funny. I think it was just enjoyable to watch. Um, but for me, it's not that I expect substance because it's Hitch- it's Hitchcock. Um, but if you make me sit and watch really boring scenes. I expect there to be something else going on <laughs> or cut it out. <laughs> and so well stated. there's, yeah, I think if there's, there's, there's just too much ir- irrelevant dialogue. And I think they're just trying to establish the scene, but like, I got it, let's move on. And they don't. And so it, yeah, it kind of just drags the whole movie for me. I mean, it's wow. still great. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad we all be went fun before and Brian. Still be, you know, not perfect. That's true for sure. I don't know, man. Uh, okay, I'm. Ugh. I'm such. A, Let us have it, Brian. I'm such a goddamn James Bond <laughs> fan, guys. I love this fucking movie. All right, <laughs> I. I love fucking James Bond. This is like the the very thing that started fucking Bond. Like, I don't know if Bond would exist without this fucking movie. Not the way I like it. It wouldn't be, you know, like fucking Sean Connery is a little bit more of a. Man handler, I guess, uh, than Cary Grant is. <laughs> that he is. Good God. God. Can I but, tell you something? I've never seen a single James Bond movie, so maybe that's why I what? don't enjoy this as much. Hang around, kid. You will. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. But uh, I have nothing to that. compare this to except Mad Men. <laughs> well, I mean, even Jason Bourne, like, there's. I no, really? You, you, you don't watch any spy movies? I, there's this, like... If, I, I, felt, I felt the born identity that in guy, this. Brad Pitt, is he in it? Spy Game? Yeah, Brad Pitt and Robert Redford. I saw that spy movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that's okay. pretty good. That's, yeah. I like yeah. that. Solid, solid spy movie for sure. Tony Scott pulling it in for the win. Uh, yeah, he is. Even that movie, like, I, sometimes I just need some fluff in my life. Sometimes I just need some entertainment. Um, yeah. And just because a movie's entertaining... And it doesn't have a lot to say. We're not focusing on world problems or uh, political issues. The Cold or, War, bro. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, like, literally, <laughs> like, ass dropped it. <laughs> but, I mean, there's just so many things to like here in terms of the shots, the the technology, uh, the rear screen projection like you guys were talking about. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, God, some of the fucking lines in here are fucking classic. Like, the seduction stuff on the plane, I just, I mean, I fucking love it. It's so ahead of its time. And, you know, I was going to say, like, I think... You guys are probably being bored with this because this has been ripped off so many fucking times. But, I mean, I don't that know. Is Cri- really Kristen knows over here poking holes in that with her, I've never seen a spy movie before. So uh... <laughs> I've seen one, thank you very much. And I will say, I actually really like this because I caught, like, I can see how a lot of uh, movies and TV shows reference this. And so it was really neat to see the original. And I do think that there were a lot, like, the parts that were well done were absolutely perfect and fantastic it was just like the rest of it that i would do away with yeah i don't know it, it it's of its time and i don't know it's it's such an early example of espionage spy films and it set such a template early on that i don't know i just also, i fucking love this thing and it's a comedy guys we come on like nobody in the wrap-up talk this is fucking funny this is hilarious. <laughs> I said that it was funny. And also, wait a minute. Didn't we decide that they weren't spies? Can we go back to that for a second? <laughs> oh, they're definitely not spies. 100%. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, that's at least true. three different occasions. There are, there are marks that spies have taken in order to uh, get information from... There, there have been so many movies that have, have emphasized what these characters are. They are marks. They're not spies. True. Spy game, in specifically since we referenced it, has a whole giant <laughs> scene talking about, like, you have a person you're trying to get information from, talk to the mark to get the information, you know, via that person. Like, it's a whole thing. They're not actual spies. They're marks. Okay. I think it's a 10. Uh, it's a great film. <laughs> oh. Super great film, guys. Uh, yeah, I super love it. Brian is a mark. The only yeah, thing... You need to get information from him. <laughs> the only thing is, like, sometimes, like, after just watching Vertigo and fucking Rear Window and The Birds, I do feel like some of the sets in this movie are a little lackluster in just some parts. Like, the cafeteria so sets, in Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I know there are. But, like, the ones that are big, like, they really pop. Like the house uh, on top of Mount Rushmore, that is the house is dope. Yeah, yeah it's so great. awesome. Yeah. But then I don't know. There's some that just kind of suck. You know, like, I don't know. Like the train cars. I know you're trying to be realistic, but you watch from Russia with Love. That train looks fucking super awesome with the wood paneling and everything. And this is I don't know. This is kind of gray on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's better than a lot of people would have done. So whatever. It's a ten. It's it's a classic. You need to watch it. I agree that it is a classic, and you do need to watch it for sure. I'm just going to stay settled in my solid 8.5. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew, crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Jared. Where can the audience follow you, good sir? Well, Brian, the audience can follow me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, and on Apple Podcasts with my other fine podcast, Torror Stories. And Kristen Jones, where can the audience follow you and see what awesome, cool picture you're going to do this week? (laughs) Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's 
Kristen with a K and an I, in case you're confused. In case you spell it like Kristen Stewart spells her name. Just out the same, just saying. Anyway. <laughs> and Mike, where can the audience follow you? I am on Instagrams and the Twitters at Griggsy Media, G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits, and we're going to be closing out the show tonight with track number one from the North by Northwest soundtrack from composer Bernard Herman. It is titled Overture. Enjoy. Thank <laughs> you.